This is Project Keto, Season 4, Episode 6, and I'm your host, Madeline Hewitt. Welcome to the show, everybody, and today is a very, very special day. It is the last episode of Project Keto. It's been almost exactly one year since this podcast came out, and I'm just so grateful to all of you who have been listening from the beginning, or you're just joining me on the podcast. It's just been such a blast to do this, but I've got new projects coming, new things on the horizon, and I can't tell you what those are yet, but I will be announcing that soon. So the best place to stay tuned for what's coming next would be on Instagram. You can check me out on Instagram at Project Keto Podcast, or you can check me out on Instagram at Madeline Rosie Hewitt. Both of those are me, and they just have a little bit of different content. And if you just want to stay tuned, then keep an eye on Instagram, and I will for sure let you know what's coming. Something very exciting. I also want to announce that I was recently on Leanne Vogel's podcast, The Keto Diet Podcast. I did a takeover episode. It was episode number 202 of The Keto Diet Podcast. And a takeover episode is where I took over the podcast for an episode and I presented some content all on my own. So if you want to go and hear me talk about detox and toxins, head on over to the Keto Diet Podcast, and I will for sure link to that in today's show notes as well. Look for episode 202, and you'll hear me talking about toxins and how they could be keeping you stuck. A lot of people plateau when they're doing keto or when they're doing really any sort of health regimen, and toxins can often be a big culprit as to why we're not getting the results. I'll be talking about how toxins relate to weight loss and how they relate to hormones, skin troubles, all kinds of other issues. So definitely head over there after today's episode, and I would be just so grateful. Well, let's just jump right into today's topic, which is all about measuring ketones. I'm going to be sharing four mistakes that commonly happen when people measure their ketones. Before we talk about those four mistakes, though, let's just be very clear that I recommend that you measure by blood. There are three different ways that you could typically measure your ketones. It would be blood, urine, or breath. And blood would be by far the best option for most of you for two reasons, because of the price and because of the accuracy. Urine strips are much less expensive than blood strips. However, urine strips are not accurate, so it's actually a waste of money and time and energy to measure your ketones by urine. We're not going to get into all of the explanations and details as to why they're not accurate. That's really easy to just Google and you can find the information yourself. But just a a quick answer is that you don't really know if you're peeing out ketones because you're excreting them or if you're measuring low because you're actually using up ketones. It just isn't going to give you an accurate picture when you're measuring by urine. So don't even bother with that. Breath is super accurate and can be a really great option. However, a breath ketone measuring device is thousands of dollars. So for most regular people out there, that's 
not a great option. But if you are some sort of practitioner or you're super serious about this or you're going to be measuring over and over and over and over many times a day, then you might actually end up saving money with a breath meter. But today, let's talk about the blood meter. Um, that's going to be a great option for people who want an accurate measurement and also people who want to measure glucose, that's blood sugar, and ketones all at once. And you'll hear when I start talking about the four mistakes why it's so important to measure your blood sugar along with your ketones. There are many different blood, ketone, and glucose meters out there on the market, and it would be fine to just choose any of them, but the brands that I recommend the most would be Keto Mojo, and I'll link to that in today's show notes as well so you can find it. I recommend Keto Mojo for two different reasons. One, they have the best deal on ketone strips. They come to about a dollar a strip. Many other brands are up to four or even five dollars a strip, so that means every time you measure, it costs you five dollars. With Keto Mojo, it costs you about one dollar. I also recommend them because they have the most reliable device and it's the most accurate and it stays working the longest. So many of the other keto meters out there have been known to break over time or they become less and less accurate the more you use them and it just ends up being kind of a waste of money. And for all of you listeners, you can get 15% off of a Keto Mojo kit. So that would be the Keto Mojo device plus a little package of, of glucose and ketone strips. And I'll link to that deal in today's show notes so that you're able to get that for a nice little 15% off discount. When you're measuring your ketones with the blood, so we're only going to be talking about blood from here on out. When you're measuring your ketones on any sort of keto measurement device with your blood, it should measure 0.5 or above. Anything that's below 0.5 means that you're not in ketosis. The higher you get above 0.5 means you're making more ketones or there's more ketones circulating in your blood. So typically the higher the number, the better. However, not you don't want it to go super high like 100. That would mean that you're in something called ketoacidosis, which is something that we're not going to be discussing today and is extremely unlikely to happen to you. In general, you will measure somewhere between 0.5 and about 3 if you're just a regular person doing keto. But if you're doing some extreme fasting, like if you're doing a five-day fast, you might measure higher than three, like it could even go up to five or six, and that would be safe and perfectly fine. But in general, you'll probably be somewhere between 0.5 and three would be a very high end. If you need a little bit more help or a little bit more information about measuring your ketones and also measuring your blood sugar, then go back to season one, episode four. It's all about measuring ketones and glucose. And that is going to give you a lot more information and details about how this works. And in the show notes for that episode, it also includes some notes that you can see about um, the, the different measurements. It has the numbers written out in front of you and that can be helpful to be able to see visually as well. So let's switch gears and start talking about the main event today, the four mistakes that you might be making when measuring your ketones. So the first mistake would be if you don't ever measure them. And this isn't 
necessarily the worst thing in the world. You can absolutely be successful doing the keto diet or any other kind of diet and never measure your ketones and not for sure know if you're in ketosis or not. So this is not required. However, if you are struggling and you're not getting the results that you're looking for or you really want to know if you're in ketosis, then measuring is going to be the best thing for you. It can give you so much information. It can give you information about which foods are giving you sensitivities, what you're reacting to, how many carbs you can handle, how much volume of food you can handle. It is just so, so, so helpful. And I I hear a lot of people tell me, oh, I don't need to measure my ketones because I can just feel it. I can feel if I'm in ketosis. And my answer to that is, yeah, but also no. Sometimes you can feel if you're in ketosis. Signs that you're in ketosis would be if you feel really clear in your mind and really focused and you have that laser sharp thinking and memory, if you're energized, if you're feeling really great, and also if you if your body is leaning out. Another sign would be if you have kind of bad breath. I know that's like the worst part of keto is that sort of stinky breath, that can actually be a sign of ketosis. However, there have been tons of times that I felt awful and I felt kind of low energy or crummy or bad moods or sluggish and I measure my ketones and I'm sure that I'm not going to be in ketosis and then I'm shocked to see that I'm measuring at like 2.5 or 3. So you don't always feel 100% amazing just because you're in ketosis. There can be a lot of different factors and it can actually be encouraging to see, oh, I am in ketosis even though I'm having a bad day. Or it can be helpful to see, oh my gosh, I'm not even in ketosis even though I feel really great. It's just going to give you another level of information. And when you measure your ketones, if you're eating super healthy, but you're just not getting into ketosis, that can be an indicator that you're eating foods that you're sensitive to, foods that are giving you an inflammatory response. Or it can be a sign that you're having too many carbs. So measuring the ketones is going to be so, so, so critical if you're not having perfect health and you don't know why. Number two, second mistake is measuring at the wrong time. In general, I suggest you measure twice a day, minimum. Measure first thing in the morning when you get up and then measure at nighttime before you go to bed. And that's because your ketones are actually going to rise throughout the day if everything is going correctly. So you'll wake up in the morning and let's say you measure at 1.0 when you wake up and you can see that you're in ketosis and then you go about your day and you have a great workout that day, you're eating super healthy, you're eating a keto diet and then at bedtime you measure again and maybe you're at 1.7 and that would be a wonderful thing. That means that things are going correctly. It's just natural for your ketones to be a little bit lower when you first wake up in the morning. However, some people only measure first thing in the morning and then they're never measuring at nighttime and you might have this misconception that your ketones are always lower than they really are. So you would want to know if they're rising throughout the day. 
Another reason to measure in the morning and in the evening is that if you always have lower ketones at night than in the morning, that could be a signal that something is going wrong throughout your day, like you are eating foods you're sensitive to or you're under excessive amounts of stress. So you'd want to be able to see in general that the ketones either rise slightly or they at least stay the same in the morning and the evening, but they shouldn't be decreasing by evening. I also see people measuring their ketones right after a workout. That's not a good idea. When you exercise, you're going to use up a lot of your ketones for fuel, and that's good. That is what's supposed to happen. But then if you measure your ketones right afterwards, you're going to measure lower because you just used up a bunch of ketones in your workout. So it's a waste of a ketone strip. It might be useful to do it once or twice just to understand the concepts and to gather information, but it's not a useful thing to do ongoing because you're always going to see that your ketones drop immediately after a workout. And then they should start to rise back up a couple of hours later. I also see people measure their ketones after a super stressful event, like after a big argument or after, um, I don't know, anything that's really stressful, either emotionally or physically or energetically. You, that's a waste. Your ketones are definitely going to drop when you are under a huge amount of stress. So again, it might be helpful to measure that one or two times just so that you start to understand the concepts of measuring ketones, but you don't need to do that every time. If you have stress, just save your strip and don't measure right then. Number three, obsessing over your numbers. I see a lot of people, and I have definitely been this person. I struggle with this more than all of these other mistakes. Don't obsess over these ketone numbers. And if you are an obsessive person or if it completely wrecks your life to see that you have low ketones, don't measure. Just don't do it or skip it that day or wait until you can be in a positive mindset. But it is not a good idea to obsess over anything, including your weight or your macros or your body fat percentage or any of those trackable numbers if it causes you so much stress that you become obsessed or depressed over your results, then don't measure. Also, ketone measurements are not just as black and white as you think. Some people circulate a lot more ketones and they don't use their ketones up as rapidly as other people. So here's an example. Let's say we have Mary and we have Joe. Let's say they both wake up in the morning and measure 1.0 on their ketone meter. And then they're going about their day and they do all of the exact same things throughout their day. But Joe's ketones go up to 2 and Mary's go up to 1.2. It's not necessarily true that Mary ha is worse at keto or she has less ketones. It might mean that Mary is using up her ketones a lot faster than Joe. And Joe's ketones are actually just circulating and they're just still there in his blood. So that is super common and there isn't really a good way for you to have a black and white answer to that and know exactly how many ketones 
you're using. So instead, it's better to just understand your own trends and measure at least twice a day for an extended period of time, like many months. For me, I measured at least twice a day for about a year and a half, and I really started to understand my own body's trends. Also knowing that any sort of stress is going to lower your ketones. So obsessing over your ketone numbers and seeing low ketones, if that stresses you out, it might not be a good idea to continue measuring or looking at those numbers until you can get your mindset changed. So not everybody's ketone measurements are equal to each other. You need to understand your own trends to be able to understand how your measurements are really making sense. And then our fourth mistake today, our last mistake, is ignoring blood glucose or blood sugar measurements. If you could only measure your ketones or your blood sugar, I would tell you to measure your blood sugar. If your blood sugar is out of control, you're not going to be in ketosis. So you have to get the blood sugar working first, and it's way more important than the ketones. Your goal should be always to be between about 70 and 90 with your blood sugar. Hovering somewhere in there, whether you're eating or not, that's where your blood sugar should be. And the blood sugar number is really what's going to determine how many carbs are appropriate for you. And this is true for diabetics, type 1 and type 2, and people who don't have diabetes. So this is what you do. Measure your blood sugar before you eat and write it down. Let's say you measured and you're at 80. Great. Then eat your meal. Maybe write down what you ate if you're a person who forgets. And then about 30 to 40 minutes later, measure your blood sugar again. And if your blood sugar increased above 90, then that was too many carbs for you. If your blood sugar stayed within about 70 to 90, then that was the right amount of carbs for you, and that's great. This is also going to be what's determining how much insulin you take if you are taking insulin and you're starting to change your amount of carbs, then you need to measure your blood sugar to determine if you need to take insulin or not. Because remember, if you are taking insulin and you've just decreased the amount of carbs you're eating, but you're taking the same amount of insulin as you used to take when you used to eat a lot of carbs, well, that high amount of insulin is now going to plummet your blood sugar down too low, below 70, and then you have to eat a bunch of carbs to bring it back up. And you're on the blood sugar roller coaster, which is something we talked about a lot in season one. So if you're a diabetic that's trying to get onto the keto train, go back to season one and listen to all of those episodes as many times as it takes until you really fully understand how blood sugar works. But if you're not diabetic, it should be pretty easy for you to just alter your amount of carbs and sugar so that you can always keep your blood sugar between 70 and 90. I see people all the time who just don't measure after their meal. They're only measuring before and that's not useful information. So you have to measure 30 to 40 minutes after your meal so that you can tell how how did your blood sugars and insulin react to that meal. And I'm just going to say it one more time because it can be a little complicated. Your blood sugar should always be between 70 and 90. So it should be between 70 and 90 before you eat and after you eat, 30 to 40 minutes later when you measure. 
If it rose above 90, that was probably too many carbs for you. So there you have it. That's all of our four mistakes for measuring ketones today. I hope this was helpful information for everybody. And I just want to say thank you again for sticking with me the last year and listening to me talk about all these different keto topics. Stay tuned with where I'm going next. And next up, you should head over to the Keto Diet Podcast. Listen to episode 202 titled, Are Toxins Keeping You Stuck? And that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you somewhere else in the future to be announced. Bye-bye.